Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 459, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And in this week's episode, I am going to be sharing with you a conversation that I just had today with Christina Canters. Now, Christina went through my podcasting A to Z course back in September 2013, so almost three years ago, and I think she has a powerful story that I felt you guys might benefit from hearing, especially those of you who have been thinking about launching a podcast but have not yet got around to doing so. And for those of you who do have a podcast, but maybe you still struggle with being confident behind the microphone, stick around for the rest of this episode because you're going to learn several tips that are going to help you become more confident in the content that you are creating for your audience. At the end of the interview, I'll come back and tell you about my upcoming podcasting A to Z course, but let's just jump right into this conversation right now. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on to the Cliff Ravenscraft show. It was so great to see you in Chicago just recently. Thanks so much for having me, Cliff. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, it was so great to see you in Chicago. Now, you and I met several years ago when you were looking to launch a podcast about communication skills for, I think it was design students, right? That's right. I was an architect at the time and I wanted to start a blog and then I discovered podcasts and then I thought, well, if I'm going to do a podcast, I better learn how to do it properly. And then I found your A to Z course and signed up. Tell us a little bit about that first podcast that you launched. So the podcast was called Presentation Skills for Design Students. So it was very, very niche. And I know when we went through this exercise of choosing what the topic was going to be, who's our target audience, you know, I was told by, I mean, not just you, but other people, you know, you got to niche down, you got to be specific. And that was what I knew at the time. I was an architect, a young architect. So, and I, and I wanted to help people at the student and graduate level, that, but that, that level, how to be better at public speaking and presenting their design projects and their design work. Because I saw that as an architect, you can't just be technically good. You can't just be good at drawing, good at designing. You must also be able to present and speak well and communicate well with clients. And they don't teach you that in architecture schools. So my idea was to help students and grads with this particular skill so that once they graduated, once they got jobs and became architects, that they would already be a step ahead and be able to advance their career much, much quicker. What kind of vision or goal did you have for that podcast? When you launched it, what were you hoping would happen as a result? Originally, my idea was to create products and courses based around that and sell that. So the idea was that you would be able to leave your day job as an architect to Mm -hmm. maybe have an online passive income kind of business. Yes, because I wanted to travel. I didn't want to work for a large corporate anymore and or for anyone for that matter. And I thought this was my ticket out. After I started podcasting and I was telling people about this idea that I had, this is what I'm doing. I had people say to me, you know, you could actually speak about this stuff. 
schools will pay you to speak about this. And that had never occurred to me before that that could actually turn into that. And that's led on to me now becoming a speaker and discovering that this is something that I love to do. And I don't just want to have an online business. I also want to work with people face to face and and coach them and teach them and, and speak. I know that you did the presentation skills. I think you did that for what, nine months? Yeah, I got up to 40 episodes. I was podcasting weekly and I was, I took it on the road with me. I, I left, when I left my, quit my job, I moved to New York City. I was staying in this very apartment that I'm speaking to you in right now, here for another five days, but I was living here and I went to social media marketing well. That's, uh, I think that's where I met you in person for the first time and went to events and I was learning. I was meeting other podcasters, other business owners and learning as much as I could about business. And throughout this whole time, I was, I continued to podcast with Design Draw Speak presentation skills, yeah. So when you did those first nine months, did you create any products? No, I didn't. Why not? I think I didn't know enough at the time. And also because I was new, I, looking back, I, you know, I had this fear that, you know, no one's going to buy my stuff. And I was having such a good time creating the podcast and hanging out with people. And I think in my head, I was slowly trying to figure out what that product was going to be, you know, how I could best serve these people that I was trying to help. But then I sort of discovered after a while that they didn't really see the value in what I was, in what I was sharing. I thought this is what I would have wanted when I was a student. And I'm not saying that no one wanted it. It definitely, people definitely liked it. And I had great feedback from people, but I had this little epiphany when I was presenting, I was speaking at the New York Institute of Technology to the architecture students there. And I was asking them, so how do you feel about giving presentations? Like what, what's been your experience? And someone said to me, well, I've already done enough to pass. So the presentation part doesn't really matter. Mm. I just have to show up and that's it. And I thought, oh, that's right. And it was the same thing when I was a student. They don't grade you very heavily on the presentation component. That, that wasn't given much emphasis. And when you're a student, all you focus on is get your project done, get your project done, get your project done. And there's so much involved. There is so much time involved in creating a, a design project like that. You know, you're not sleeping. You're, and then by the time you, you have to present it, you're completely out of energy and, and it's a problem. Right. But at the time, that's, it's not a priority. And you sort of realize afterwards, oh, I should have put more effort into that. But at the time, you, you just don't. So in your mind, you know, creating products and services, these people are not highly motivated to go out and seek to advance that skill, even though it's something that would be valuable to them. And it's something that mm-hmm. they desperately need, but not necessarily they're, something they're motivated to, to take action on. Exactly. So Plus, af- they don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so after 40 episodes, you decide to what? So I, I was getting a great response to what I was doing from other people that were outside my target audience. I was hanging out with people in online business, in the podcasting world, and I had people saying, you know, Christina, we love you. You're great. You're awesome. You know, I made, after, you know, I made that video for Pat Flynn, and people were saying, you know, you're so creative, you're this, you're that. And I'm thinking, wow, these people really like me. These people really see the value in what I do. And I was learning more about what I had that other people 
really liked. So for example, I never considered myself as a super creative person. And yet this was, this feedback that was coming to me was so powerful. I could not ignore it. And so that started to to come in. And then on the other hand, and then on the other side, the, the, I was getting this from the architecture students saying, we don't really see, we don't really care about this stuff or it's not useful to me right now. And I, I was thinking, why am I trying so hard and funneling all my energy into working with, trying to work with these people when these other people seem to love me and want more from me? Right. And that's when I had to, that's when I started thinking and I thought, okay, maybe I should work more with these people. So the, you know, business owners, people who are a bit, a little bit older, they have a bit more experience, you know, so not the student grad level. And that's when I took a break from the podcast and I took some, I took some time out, some time to think and to reassess where I was at. And so you pivoted over to this thing called stand out, get noticed. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. So Stand Out, Get Noticed is for young professionals and business owners. It's for, it's for those people who want to improve their confidence and their communication skills when it comes to public speaking, making small talk, you know, having conversations and when talking about themselves and or their business. And it's, it's, a, it's not as public speaking focused as presentation skills was that was very focused on giving presentations. And what I've discovered is that people really struggle with making small talk. They struggle with going to networking events and it's a lot of it comes stems from this this self-confidence, you know, this feeling of I'm not I'm not good enough. I don't have anything interesting to say. I don't know how what to say to these people. And I've been getting a huge response to that type of content that I've been putting out there. And it's definitely an older, slightly older audience that is, is listening to my stuff. And I believe that this is because they're at that point in their careers where they're given more responsibility. Maybe someone's had a career for a while, then left, started their own business. And they're in this whole new situation where they have to present to clients, they have to run meetings and they have, they have to speak at conferences or represent in a company and they've never been taught how to do this. So there's that, there's that you know, need uh, to, to learn these skills. And also those people are more invested in their own professional development and they're seeking ways that they can improve because if they don't, it's going to hold them back in their careers or in their business development. So what I'm hearing here is that you decided you wanted to launch a podcast. You're an architect. You want to create an online business where you can have products and services some passive income based upon your experience and what you feel like you have to offer to the world. You chose this target audience that over the course of nine months, you realize these people aren't really motivated. But because I've been putting content out there and just because of some of the actions that I've taken online, I have attracted the attention of an entirely different type of target audience. And these people are wanting more and more from me. They're actually requesting new content from me related to this other area that a broader area than just public speaking, mm. but just communication overall and just being confident uh, in, mm-hmm. in their communications. And then you realize, hey, there now there's this new target audience. These are people who would buy products and services. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I would not have been able to reach that point if I hadn't already, if I hadn't started the first podcast and learnt by doing. If you told me at the very start, 
Christina, you're going to podcast about small talk and networking skills and pitching to, to business owners and people and people in the who are sort of 10 years into their career. I'd be like, no way, I don't know anything about that. But it took me that it took me that good nine months to really build up build up my own confidence, really. And that's what I love about your story because I've seen this time and time again. I just had somebody, I'm, I'm marketing my next session of podcasting A to Z, which by the way is coming up Monday, August 1st. If anybody's out there listening, podcasting A to Z.com. But by anyway, the way, which I highly recommend. <laughs> thank you so much. But I'm, I'm marketing this and I have a guy that's on my warm follow-up list. This is somebody who, who has expressed interest in the past and he says, you know, keep me notified. I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger. And so I emailed him and said, hey, is it time to pull the trigger? And he goes, you know what? I, I still, I just can't figure out what area to focus on and I, I want to wait until I, I can narrow that down. I said, well, you understand the first week of the course, we're going to spend the entire week trying to help you pick a niche. A, a topic, help you find the the area of focus, the target audience, define all of that stuff for you. And then what I followed it up with is, and you have to realize, think about this. Most people who launch a podcast, whatever they go with with the first time, it isn't actually ultimately where they end up two, three, five years down the road. And where they end up two, three, five years down the road is where they found their voice and they found a, a sweet spot, if you will, of serving people with their experience and their talent and their gifts. And it's completely different from where they first initially started. But the thing that I've seen over and over again is that those people who did find their voice, they did find the the correct target audience that would actually operate, allow them to operate fully within their sweet spot that they discovered about themselves only happened because of the journey. They actually set out on, let's just say, the wrong destination first, but it wasn't until they were moving towards that destination that other opportunities came up. And so I I love that your story is another example of that, that people can maybe have a little bit of courage and say, you know what, let's just get out there and create something. Let's, Let's set a destination, get out there, set sail away from the shore. And once you get away from the shore, you see things from a whole different perspective. I totally agree. And also we all have these huge blind spots. We don't know what we don't know. It's just like being expected to choose a career when you're 18 years old. You haven't seen the world. You don't know what exists out there. When I graduated from high school, I did not know that you could get paid to speak to people or you could get paid, you know, as a coach to, to sit with people and coach them. That was, that was not even an option. So, and it, it took, you know, people say, do you, do you wish you, do you regret doing architecture? Cause it was six years of school and, and all that. But I say, you know, that's all I knew at the time. That's to me, that was my destination. That's what I was working towards. And I wouldn't have been able to start Design Draw Speak and and coaching people with presentation skills if I hadn't had that experience first as an architect. And then Design Draw Speak wouldn't have led me to here. So it's totally all a a journey. That's awesome. So how long ago was it that you did this pivot from Design (laughs) Easy for me to say, Design (laughs) Draw Speak over to Stand Out, Get Noticed? So I launched, I remember I launched Design Draw Speak in just so that people aren't confused, Design Draw Speak was the website. So it was designdrawspeak.com, but the podcast was called Presentation Skills for Design Students. But I thought that was a bit long to put in a a URL. I launched that in November 2013 and I did that until, let's say, uh, September 2014. And then I took 
about a month off, I think, and I was going through all sorts of ideas in my head. I thought, do I make a podcast for podcasters? Do I make a podcast just about creativity? What do I do? I went through all these different ideas and then I finally settled on the C method and I was traveling and I was on my way back to Melbourne, my hometown in in Australia, and I launched my business, the C method, around February 2015, and then I launched the new podcast in March, I believe it was, March 2015. So it's been, you know, over a year now with with Stand Out Get Noticed. If people want to check out your podcast, they can go over and look for Stand Out Get Noticed. And if they want to check out the website, they go to thecmethod.com. Now, you said you've been doing this for just over a year now. Have you created some products? What kind of products and services? What kind of income streams? (laughs) Are people buying things from you now? Yeah. So during 2015, I based myself in Melbourne. I didn't travel at all. And I focused on the face-to-face side of my business. I focused on, on the coaching, running workshops, doing lectures, and that's my that's the main revenue stream for my business. And something that I realized was I wanted to actually, I wanted to learn through the doing. So through the coaching, through the workshops and seeing what people actually wanted more of before creating my online product. I think the mistake I made with my very first podcast was I was like, I'm going to make products. But because I had only just started I didn't know what to create because I'd never, I hadn't been teaching, I hadn't been coaching. And so I feel like I've done it in sort of a, a backwards way when it comes to online business, but I'm, I'm happy with the way I've, I've done it. So now I'm in the process of creating online products to sell on my site because I feel much more informed now and I've been getting feedback and I've been surveying my audience and, and learning more about what it is that I can exactly help them with and what sort of product they really want. So that's the next step for me now with my business, taking it online. But but the good news is that over this past year, you have been generating income from products and services, mm. just not online products. Correct. I get clients through the podcast. Yes. I had a, I've had people say, you know, I listened to you and I thought you're really cool. You know, can we talk about coaching? And so then we have a phone call and then then I coach, I end up coaching them. I had a university professor call me up out of the blue and say, Hey, can you come in and run a a public speaking workshop for our students? And I said, uh, sure. How did you hear about me? And he said, Oh, one of our students listens to your show. And she said, we should get you in, you know? So that was a very easy sell. I didn't have to prove anything to this guy. He just, he was like, call me up and yet we want you. So I still work with students, right? But I don't, I don't actively advertise myself as purely working, you know, only with students. I actually work with a lot of startups now, which, which um, is also quite fun. That's great. And, you know, I, I don't think that you did anything backwards. In fact, I know a lot of people who are very successful in the online business space who have products, who have online courses, including myself, but um, I mean, other people we all know, those people all started out by first coaching with people, working with people one-on-one, interacting with them, and learning more about who their audience is and what their audience needs are. 
So, mm. and, and that's how I started. When I, when I launched podcast, Answer Man, the podcast years ago, the whole reason I launched that podcast was simply so that I could convince people that I had some value to offer in the podcasting space and hopefully land some one-on-one con- co- consulting gigs. That's what I wanted. And it was very successful in doing that. And over the years, I, I had a ton of experience working with people. And the interesting thing that I learned is that I didn't know how much value I had because there were so many things that I was doing, so many things that I had experienced in my own journey of creating podcasts and the technology surrounding it. I had spent countless hours and and the things that I knew, I just assumed everybody knew that. It was basic information, you know? <laughs> yeah. How could you not know this, this kind of stuff? And I started getting these coaching calls, these consulting calls, and people are like, wait a second, what did you say? And it was like, oh, yeah, so let me explain to you what that is. And so if I would have actually started out in the very beginning with an online product that people could buy so I could have passive income, if, if that was my first phase of building my online business, I would have created tutorials that would have been way over the head of the average person. And I I, I can guarantee you they wouldn't be successful because people would buy them and they're like, I I just don't get this. I need a beginner level. Today, instead, because of the route that I went, I actually have products and services. I have digital tutorials. And the feedback that I get is like, Cliff, I was just watching the one-hour tutorial on equipment options for every budget. And as I was going down, I literally have three pages of notes, of written questions as I was going through the tutorial. But now that I've actually gone through the entire tutorial, by the time I was finished, you had already answered every question I had. And <laughs> and so it's like, and this this is coming from a podcasting A to Z student. It's like, wait a second, I don't have any questions because you answered them all. <laughs> and the only reason is because I've worked with thousands of people and every time a new question comes up over and over again that isn't covered in the tutorial, I go and redo the tutorial and make sure that the next time that is already in there because I, I realize this is a hang up that many people have. And so I love that you did it that way and, or that you're doing it that way. So you just spoke yeah. at Podcast Movement 2016 and your topic was being confident behind the mic. Any chance you we can weasel out of you maybe two or three tips <laughs> that you shared in your presentation? Because there are a lot of people who are listening to this that are podcasters. And quite honestly, uh, Christina, I'm in the process of actually being a guest on 25 different shows over the course of two weeks. And so I have been interviewed a lot last week and this week. And recently I just got on a interview with somebody who's relatively new that I think she's probably on her 13th, 14th episode. And she had just invited me to come on and she was nervous. And I mean, you could tell she had a passion for her topic and all of these things, but she was so timid and, and shy that I almost felt nervous for her and there was just absolutely no confidence whatsoever. How does somebody like that become more confident behind the microphone? Well, the first thing I always say is to truly believe that what you have to share is valuable and worthy. And this is, this is what holds a lot of people back when they're doing public speaking as well. They think, oh, I don't, I don't think what I, you know, People have already heard what I'm going to say or it's I don't have any good ideas and that really holds them back, even if they do have good ideas. So I think when it comes to how, I mean, I know what it feels like to be interviewing a big name such as yourself because I had that when, you know, I asked Pat Flynn to come on and then and then he said yes and I was like, oh, crap. Now, <laughs> now what? Now I, have to, now I have to give a really good interview. Um, but I think it's believing that you – 
you are worth having that person on your show. You know, like these, if these, these, pe- these people have said yes to you. So you should own that and say, they've said yes to me. I'm just, I'm just going to be me and do it. If your listeners want a practical way that they can implement this, this is so helpful. If you go and ask people or ask, survey your listeners, survey your list, ask them two questions. Firstly, ask them, what do I do well? And the second question is to ask them, why is this important to you? Mm. And the answers you'll get back are so incredible. I was talking about blind spots before. There are things that people see that are valuable to you that, sorry, valuable about you that you don't even see. And I sent this out and I got one podcast listener right back to me and she wrote, Christina, I think that you play the ukulele well. And I know it sounds a bit random, but I play the ukulele on my podcast. And she said, and this is important to me because it shows me you don't have to be the perfect, slick, polished entrepreneur. You can be yourself and you can be funny and quirky. And she said, and you've inspired me to start my own business because of that. I love that. And that was so powerful. And I, I just thought that I was playing ukulele to have a bit of fun and because I couldn't find any intro music that I liked. And I thought, I'm just going to do this, whatever. Let's just play the ukulele. But that in itself is so valuable to one person. Yes. So I encourage everyone listening to go and do that. Ask people, what do I do well and why is this important or why is this invaluable to you? And you'll be shocked at the results, I promise you. I love it. I love that. What else? A lot of people are afraid of asking the right questions as well. They think, oh, am I going to ask a silly question? And actually, I when I was at Podcast Movement, I ran, went around and I asked other podcasters what they did to build their confidence behind the mic. And I had a couple of people say, you know, I always think of my interview guests as a friend. I'm talking to a friend, you know, we're, we're having a chat, having, you know, maybe having, having a beer or over breakfast or something and, and having a chat. And that's also the same if you're, if you're speaking to a group. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I have to get up and present and put on my present voice. When really it's like if you imagine that you're having a conversation with someone, it puts you much, much more ease. Another really simple thing, but it's quite powerful. I always tell people to watch their language because a lot of the language that we use, and you would have learned this at Tony Robbins as well, Cliff. Yep. Um, a lot of the language that we use affects our minds and how we think. You know, people will say, oh, I'm, I, I just, I've just got started. I, I only have five episodes. You know, I'm, I've, I've just got up to this many or I only have this many downloads. When really... That, that word, that saying just or saying only, it erodes your confidence down over time the more you say it. And I tell people you should be proud of the fact that you've launched a podcast. If you have five episodes, you have five episodes. You don't have just five episodes. You have five episodes. A lot of people only ever talk about launching a podcast and they never launch So the fact that you've even launched a podcast, the fact that you've done five episodes, the fact that you've got 200 downloads, 200 listeners, whatever it is, that's something to be proud of. That's something you should own. Absolutely. Preach it. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I'm down with that. Also, we've talked, we talked about this earlier, but getting started. And I like to quote Zig Ziglar. I say that uh, he says, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. I show people and I tell people the story that we discussed about how I transitioned from one podcast to another, but I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing now if it wasn't for my journey and for what I'd learnt through that time. 
oh, what was the last one? So yeah, I talked about um, painting the right audience because a lot of people have this fear of what others will think of them. You know, what if they hate my voice? What if they don't like my show? What if no one listens? And what I do is I get people to draw two pictures and one picture, I just, very simple, just stick figures, like faces of, of, say, five people. And I get them to draw, imagine their most negative audience the worst kind of audience. So I get people to draw angry faces, sad faces and draw in speech bubbles of what they're thinking or thought bubbles of what they're thinking like, she's boring, he's horrible, I hate his hair or, you know, he's got a terrible nasally voice, all of that. And then I get people to draw another picture of stick figures but with the most positive, happy audience that they could think of. So smiling faces, laughing faces, people thinking, you know, she's amazing. I, I love his voice. He's got, he's got such great stuff to share. You know, she's so funny, all of that. And then I get people to look at these two pictures. And what's important to understand here is that you created both of these pictures from your imagination. You thought both of these pictures up. Yet most people choose to believe the negative version, the negative picture of their audience. Just as like, just so, just as like, as you know, we can choose which emotions we feel. We can choose what we believe about the people that we're speaking to. So I, I share with people, I say, why, like, is it, is it, is it you, is it serving you to believe this negative picture of your audience? Absolutely not. So why would you choose to believe it? Yeah. So I get people to look at that positive picture of their audience and go, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe this positive picture. And you can stick it up on your wall as you're podcasting and go, this, these are the people who are listening to, to my show. This is my audience. And even you can stick up pictures or, or nice tweets or whatever from people who have tweeted you about your show. Stick them up there and go, these are the real human beings that love me and love my show and what I have to offer. And I'm speaking to them. So it's so powerful what you choose to believe about your audience. That is incredible. And you know, the interesting thing that I'm thinking about this, as this is the first time I've heard this exercise, but what I'm thinking is that, you know what? I've been doing this long enough. I know my audience. I know the people out there that are listening, the feedback that I get. And the reality is, is that an overwhelming majority of the feedback that I get, the people who do reach out from my audience, they are from that really awesome picture you know they, they are the smiles mm-hmm. on their face I love you your content is changing my life you've made such a profound impact you are such an inspiration to me all of those things but the reality Christina is that you know what there are a handful of people from that other picture that are listening to me but I still think this exercise is great because the question is is it's not are because there are going to be some people from the negative picture who are listening mm-hmm. to your show the question is who are you going to focus on? Who are you mm-hmm. going to focus on? I choose to focus on the people who love me and who are who who choose to be influenced by the words that I say. And I realize and I recognize there's going to be some really nasty, crazy people out there that don't like me and for some reason will continue to listen to me and provide <laughs> feedback just so they can have somebody else to, you know, rain on their parades and stuff. Here's what I know. And over the years, I've, I've fallen into this temptation and I've, I've, I've completely given myself over to it. I've taken the feedback of one or two or three extremely negative, overly critical people who've provided their unsolicited feedback and I've allowed it to completely taint my emotions, my feelings, my confident level. Um, and and I, all I can tell you is that when I 
allow myself to focus on those negative people who are in my audience. I mean, we're we're not going to just pretend they're not there. They are there. But when I focus on them, I drastically reduce the value of what I have to offer to the other people. And the other people mm-hmm. are the ones who love me, who care for me, who get so much value, who tell me I'm changing their life, that I'm having a profound impact. And you know what? The size of that audience is so much larger. So why am I focused on trying to avoid upsetting two or three people when there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of people who love me, who just want me to be me and and aren't really cons- all that concerned about the two or three things that that other person pointed out. Absolutely. This leads into the final thing that I shared with everyone, which was to care less about what people think of you. And I share this number. I say that, um, well, I didn't make this up. I, I, I've learned this. Uh, 33% is the number. 33% of people that you meet or people in your audience or people who come to your podcast, 33% will like you, they'll love you, they'll immediately connect with you. And then on the other hand, 33% will not like you, not connect with you, not resonate. And then 33% will be on the fence. So they'll be like, yeah, not so sure, maybe, but they're there to make to make the decision. And what you were saying about, you know, if you if you focus on the 33% who don't like you, then you're not going to be authentic. You're not going to be yourself and you're going to turn off the 33% of people who like you. So you're better off focusing on the 33% who like you and then the people who are on the fence will go, hmm, well, they look like they're having fun over there. Maybe maybe I'll go join. Maybe I'll go, you know, check, check, check her out. And then you may even, and because you're being so authentic and having such a good time with all the people that like you, the people who don't like you may even be turned and uh, and become your fan. Yeah. And so, if not, yeah. it's no loss to you. Absolutely. <laughs> not everyone can like you. That's <laughs> and right. And if you, if you can accept that, then you're going to be in a much better position. Christina, I am so honored to have been a part of your journey and helping you get your podcast started. I am so thankful that you've decided to come onto the show and share your story. What an inspiration to people out there who are who have been, I mean, they're literally people right now who are listening to this. They've been on the fence about creating a podcast for more than three, five months, some of them three to five years, and they still haven't mm-hmm. pulled the trigger because they're just afraid that they just don't know what topic to focus on. And your story is mm-hmm. an inspiration. And then, of course, I know that there are a ton of people out there listening to my voice that needed to hear the message that you shared about how we can become more confident behind this microphone. What would you like to promote or to share with people or how can people find you uh, and anything else that you have to offer in the future? Well, if you want to listen to my show, you can go to thecmethod.com. That's the letter C. And if being more confident when when speaking about yourself and, and speaking to others is something you want to work on. I have a free 10-day class that you can sign up for. It's an email class. It's called Small Talk Made Simple. And you can sign up at thecmethod.com. And right now, as we speak, I am working on a, an online course around that. So keep an eye out for that. So if you go and sign up, then you'll be kept in the loop with all of that. And if you want to talk about getting some help one-on-one, that's something that I do um, coaching through Skype. So reach out at the same method.com. I love it. Christina, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. 
Oh, thank you so much, Cliff, and like for having me on, and also for being such a huge support. I can't believe it's been a, like years already. I still feel so new, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been so great knowing you. And um, thanks for all your support. I really appreciate it. Well, there you go, my friends. That was my conversation with Christina Cantor's absolutely inspirational story. Love seeing people succeed online, finding their sweet spot, and I just love the story that hey. Had I not first launched the podcast, I would have never ended up where I am today. And so that whole message of just get started, it's been something that I've been trying to convince people since all the way back to 2006. So if you've been thinking about launching a podcast, I have great news for you. And that is that my next session of podcasting A to Z is right around the corner, launching on Monday, August 1st. Now, if this episode has convinced you that, yeah, you know what, I'm going to get off the fence, I'm going to launch that podcast, I would love to be your personal coach for the entire four weeks of August. I would love to be there to answer every single question that you can possibly imagine asking over an entire four-week period of time with my commitment that I will answer every single question you ask me. And it is direct access to me. It is literally having me as your personal coach. Not only that, you will have all of the tutorials that will walk you through step-by-step in every single process of getting your podcast launched. I will be there walking side-by-side with you. Let's do this thing together. Let's get you started. PodcastingA2Z.com. Go over, get registered today. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and I will be back again next Friday at 5 a.m. with a new episode of this podcast. And until then, I encourage you to take everything you do in life to the next level.